This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Today on the podcast, we talk about the economy and what is going on. What is the approach from the Biden administration? What is their strategy with the public, which seems to be just to get everybody in complete denial and hope for the best. We get into that today. We also have Supreme Court rulings breaking during the show. Uh, they always seem to break during the show. And so we go over what happens there and what we're looking forward to in the next couple of weeks. There's a senior Google software engineer who is claiming that artificial intelligence that Google is working on has become sentient uh, and seemingly is feeling things. Uh, that's not what's supposed to happen here. And he's left now and Google is trying to shut him up. We'll get into that as well. A very bizarre, bizarre, but terrifying thing on today's podcast. Thanks, Stu. And uh, today's program, at least the economic side, might cause you a lot of pain. May I suggest heroin? If you're not into that and you just have the regular aches and pains, <laughs> or even beyond, I had beyond the average aches and pains, please try Relief Factor. Relief Factor um, doesn't do anything for inflation, but does a lot for inflammation. Uh, and that's where most of our pain comes from. Try it for three weeks, the three-week quick start. If it's working, great. If it's not working in three weeks and you're seeing no results, no changes, it's probably not going to work for you. So stop taking it. But 70% of the people who take that go on to order more. It's the three-week quick start at Relief Factor, the sponsor of our program today and our podcast, relieffactor.com. Go there now. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Oh, Stu, just as another exciting Monday morning. How are you feeling? I mean... I am feeling incredibly well. I'm looking at the state of the economy. And did you know that this president has added more jobs than any president in history? Everything's going incredibly well. And really, it's wow. it's just these Republicans who are who are smearing the job this president has done. At least that's what the president tells me. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, yesterday and this weekend, I had to drive down to uh, Park City to uh, get to my art show. And I have to tell you, I was just thinking great thoughts about this administration as I stopped uh, at Subway to buy two sandwiches, two drinks, a couple of chips, and spent uh, just over $40. And uh, she said, it's, uh, you know, forty one nineteen, And I was like... I, I honestly, I looked around like she's talking to somebody else and, <laughs> and she just looked at me and I said, for that, I mean, no offense, Subway, but 41 bucks for that. She's like, yeah, the price has gone up. And I'm like, <laughs> I had um, yesterday I drove home. I had $60 in my pocket and um uh, I had to I had to get some food for the boy, 
and a teenage boy doesn't eat much at all. Uh, and then I had uh, I had twenty four dollars left, and um, just from feeding the boy, and then twenty four dollars left to put gas in my car, which was really really great. And I got a whopping four gallons. And I thought to myself, why didn't I vote for Joe Biden? I mean, I just think this is fantastic. And then I get up this morning and I look at you know the stock market and I'm thinking, geez, my retirement it's going well. It's going well. Everybody's retirement. You know, the one thing that it, living here in um, the center of the country or in a, a farming part of the country is you have a different perspective on almost everything. It's kind of weird. I got up this morning and it was raining and it was pouring here at the ranch and cold or cool. And I <laughs> I got up this morning, and my first reaction when I get up in the morning and I'm in Dallas and it's raining, I'm like, ah, crap. The first thing I did when I opened the window, I said, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you. You have a different view on everything because you need the rain for the crops so you can eat and others can eat so your cattle can eat. Um, you know, I'm not really I'm not really down with the global warming thing uh, right now. If this is what it's going to take, because no one. No. Oh, my gosh. Write this down. I think this is a good uh, phrase to describe what's coming. No one will own anything and they'll be happy or they'll be shot, but they'll be happy about it. That's the way to do you know? it. Yeah, I like that. You know, it's funny. Right. Looking right. at this, uh, the economy as it comes out and, and watching the president's response to it, you know, there have been, you know, I was talking to a friend in Pennsylvania this weekend who, who filled up his gas, normal cup, normal vehicle, not like a giant truck or anything, $121 to fill up in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And you realize what, I, and I'm fascinated by this, when Barack Obama was president, and we're coming out of the Great Recession. And there was this constant thing. We used to mock it all the time. They would say, you know, uh, we've now saved or created uh, two million jobs. And obviously, like, it was a totally different uh, approach at that metric, where normally it would just be how many jobs you created. Well, they said saved or created. Therefore, like, Im- like implicitly telling you, look... The bottom line here is we know things aren't great, but it's better than you realize. And the things we're doing are making it better than it could have been if we weren't here. That was their message to the country. They acknowledged that things kind of sucked, but it really wasn't our fault. It was Bush's fault. It was the last guy's fault. And the things we're doing are making it more tolerable. That is not the approach of the Biden administration. The Biden Biden administration is telling you things are great. What you idiots. Why don't you realize how good this is going? This is your problem. Maybe we need to get Joe Biden on the campaign trail more often so he can tell people how good they have it. And I don't know when you're filling up for one hundred and twenty one dollars and you're paying forty two dollars for Subway sandwiches. I don't think people agree. It's not that they don't they don't hear your message. They just think it's ridiculous. So here's the uh, interesting thing here. Um, 
you know, because we do have such a great economy. It's just so great, Stu. I don't know what you're talking about, mm. but it's so great. And when Joe Biden says, hey, uh, you know, we have the fastest growing economy in the world. Well, that's, you know, if you leave off the list the other 50 countries that are doing better than the United States. And, you know, when I started looking into this, I thought, okay, all right. I mean, the UK did better than we did. Okay, well, it's, you know, it's England. And then I saw, all right, okay. Uh, you know, some other com- uh, countries have, have done some, you know, some, some uh, better things with their economy. It's China. Uh, Italy, France. Okay, okay, okay. Um, And so you're feeling like, okay, well, you know what? We're all on the same team and it's a comparable country. So so, so maybe we're just a little behind. And then you get down. um, You know, when I got to the E's and I saw that Ethiopia is doing better than the United (laughs) States, I thought, you know, that, that, okay, all right. Well, that's just, you know, that's just kind of out there. You know, um, and then and then I found Libya is doing better than the United States. Uh, Guyana. I don't even know if I could find Guyana on a map. Guyana is having a stronger economy and bounce back than we are. So did I mention Libya? Because uh, I love Libya is, I mean, sure, it's in revolution and bombing and corruption and everything else. But they're doing better than we are. India is doing better than we are. So I, you know, I, uh, I mean, you know, it, we're close. We're close to the top. Just <laughs> Ethiopia just squeaked by us there. And I've always said to myself, self you know, it's time to share the wealth. Uh, it's time to make sure that the United States isn't the leader of the world. You know, maybe it's time for Ethiopia to lead the world. You know? Mm. When Ethiopia can afford growth. No. When Ethiopia has groceries and we're having t- trouble getting groceries, <laughs> something is really wrong. Yeah, I mean... Maybe it's just me. Look, the growth off of Ethiopia's economy percentage-wise is better than us. I'm not looking to yeah. move anytime soon. I will I will state that for the record. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> but, no. But it's fascinating because, you know, the, gro- the growth here is uh, uh, is meaningless to people. And, you know, normally economic growth is really important. And, and, of course, you know, you'd rather have it than not have it. But when you have 5% growth, say, and you have 10% inflation... It doesn't hit people that hard. You know, they keep bragging about these wage gains. Well, people aren't feeling that because all of their costs are up so much more than they've gained in wages. Gaining wages is supposed to help you buy more things and afford more things. But if the things cost more than your wages go up, you don't feel that. In fact, what you feel is a pay cut. And that is what the American people are screaming out. And it's what the administration doesn't want you to think about. When the truck pulled into the gas station on on Friday, uh, after three hours of uh, driving, two and a half hours of driving, and it pulled in, and I'm following, and one of the guys had to go to the bathroom. But I thought it was pulling in the gas station 
that meant that we had to refill that diesel truck, I was immediately thinking, I'm giving this truck away. There's no way. No, no, no. As he turned into the gas station, I'm like, no, 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 no. What? What? Why are we going to the gas station again? I freaked out. It's like, can you imagine if you have, if you're driving a tractor trailer, if you're driving any of these big trucks because you need to drive, it's not like you're necessarily driving a big truck because you like a big truck. Although in America, I think you should have that right and ability. But when you're driving a truck because you have to drive the truck, oh man, I just tell you, I think the I did that sticker on the gas station pump took on a whole new meaning to me, you know? And uh, I'd like to meet Joe Biden. I think he should hold his campaign rallies right around gas stations because I think people would flock to him. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. We are so glad you're here. It is Monday. And uh, we have some Supreme Court hearings uh, or some uh, opinions coming out. So far, nothing real um, controversial or real important. Uh, I mean, they're, they're, they're all important. Mm. It's just an honor to be nominated to be an opinion <laughs> of the Supreme Court. Um, but not, nothing that is uh, controversial that we know of so far. Has the fourth one come down yet? Uh, yeah, we have an Alito opinion. Everybody get excited. It's in the Garland versus Gonzalez case. So not uh, not the Dobbs case that would affect Roe versus Wade, which is kind of the Alito opinion so we're looking for. The Gonzalez, mm-hmm. the Gonzalez case. Oh, a huge one. Yeah. It's so about we Im- had the immigration law again. Mm-hmm. We, we had what was what was the last? Wait a minute. This is the immigration law one. Not not the one about the remain in Mexico uh, provision, which is one oh. of the bigger cases that we're looking for here in this session. However, it's not that one. We're getting multiple other unrelated immigration law decisions. Which again, there's 29 of these. The American people, generally speaking, care about of a care about maybe five or six of them. Uh, we talked about the abortion one, which is obviously the biggest ticket. The yeah. gun, the the Second Amendment case, we talked about as well, which is another big ticket item. There's a big climate change one that uh, decision that we expect here soon, which is about whether the federal government. This is a big one. If you want to, if you want to go back and listen to Glenn's interview with Mike Lee, you guys probably hit on this uh, mm-hmm. certainly con- mm-hmm. concept. I do remember that, but. I don't know if you mentioned this one specifically, but basically the idea is, do these administrative agencies get to make up all of these rules or does Congress have to do it? And of course, Congress has to do it. We've just developed this new policy to say, well, what if we what if Congress makes the decision and they say our decision is that the administrative, uh, you know, heads should just make all of these decisions for us. That's the way our countries run right now. Game changing. If if the if the Supreme Court comes out. Uh, it's my understanding. You know, we should have Mike Lee on every day this week. Just have him in reserve just in case. Um, but it's my understanding that if the Supreme Court says they can't just fiddle with this, that laws have to be made by Congress. And I don't know how the constitutional Supreme Court 
wouldn't find that seeing as though it actually says in the Constitution those words that Congress makes the laws, not the administration. Um, if that happens, that changes everything, really, truly everything. Yeah, it's it's like, you know, if, if someone said, the, you know, our, the our overlord said, Stu, you have to make a decision. And I say, I will make the decision. And my decision is Glenn should decide. Like, that is obviously not the I believe spirit. I've been in meetings. I believe <laughs> I believe I've been in meetings where, where that has happened. <laughs> right, we're not we're not affected by the Constitution at this company. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> no, uh, we're not. <laughs> Stu, I need a decision from you. My decision is, Glenn, that you are to make that decision. <laughs> See, oh, thank you. Okay, good. I just yeah. learned from the government. <laughs> uh, but that's obviously a problem. And it, when it comes to climate in this particular case, it's about whether these administrations, like the EPA, can m- put all these restrictions on power plants uh, in in mass, like basically, oh, all these power plants have all this rule instead of actually regulating each individual one. This would be a huge knock to the way leftist activists want the government to to make changes based on you know their climate change theories. So that is a big one. And it, 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 yeah, it also would go to, for instance, can the CDC? Was it the CDC that just said everybody has to wear masks? No, you don't. You don't have the right to do that. You don't. You don't make those kinds of of laws. Was it the CDC well, or technically the, the interesting part about that is that? they didn't say that. They had a a, re- a recommendation that said that because we are protected, <laughs> because we have a structure of government that protects us from agencies making those sorts of of regulations on their own. They can't just put in a national regula- regulation to to enforce masks. If you go back and look at the, the details, but, even of the shutdowns, Glenn. I mean, the shutdowns, everybody remembers the shutdown as this big federal shutdown. They remember Donald Trump in front of the country saying, you know, five, mm-hmm. uh, 15 days to, to slow the spread. Everybody remembers that press conference, but at no point was there force of law behind every state needing to shut down. And you remember states like, uh, like South Dakota and Iowa, not doing it they didn't they didn't do that they a lot of people decided to stay home on their own but there was not a a nationwide shutdown at any point during the pandemic that actually didn't happen um and so you that's because of the structure of our country right that is foundational to why we've been a success because these states are able to do different things uh, whether we like them or not and so the, the left would love this to be centralized. Uh, they just, of course, but it, it, don't have that right. If you remember, however, uh, when it comes to um, Obamacare, do you remember reading that? Because that's that's the one bill where I think we all read all 3000 pages or whatever. And godly. I mean, oh, gosh. Mm-hmm. Um, and do you remember how many times? Almost on every page, it said the secretary shall make the laws or the rulings on X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And the, the reason why Congress has done this is because they want to go, it's not us. It's not us. We didn't, we didn't make that law. I, can't, I don't have any control over that law. And our founders, the one thing they did miss is they thought that human beings, because this is the way it normally works, Human beings would claw for power. And so they gave and broke the powers up between these three branches, thinking 
that they would never give away their power to the Supreme Court or to the uh, administration. And the administration would never give it to Congress or the Supreme Court. But they're all such weasels that they don't want to actually do anything. They don't want to make any hard decisions. Uh, and so they're all like, yeah, let some uh, faceless, nameless bureaucrat that's never been elected to dog catcher. Let him make the decision. That way we can go, I don't know who made that decision. That's weird. We didn't make it. It was somebody in the EPA, and you'll never know their name. Okay, that's not the way it's supposed to work. Yeah, no, it's not. You're supposed to be able to hold people accountable for the terrible things that they do. Uh, this is something that the government does all the time. And unfortunately, this no matter what this ruling is, it's not going to unwind all of that craziness. But it would at least limit... Uh, in the environmental activist sort of agenda uh, on this approach. And that would be that would be certainly positive. Um, it does look like we're not going to get any of the huge big ticket cases uh, today. I wouldn't think we would. Um, it would be. Yeah, it would have been very surprising uh, if we did get that. We did. Not, it does not look like we it looks like there's one more coming down, but it's not going to be one of the big ones. Uh, so I think we get more decisions on Wednesday uh, this week. Who yeah, we do. Honestly, would know though. I mean, they. I feel like they changed these rules every ten seconds. But and as you point out, in the case of Obamacare, which also broke in the middle of the show, every news agency reported that wrong when it happened. If you were listening to any radio show, any news broadcast, you thought initially Obamacare was completely overturned, and I, we were the only ones who actually got that right yep. when it happened because. Yep. Everybody was we're like, wait a minute, hold on, yeah, hold on just a second. They skipped to the bottom and looked at the names and, okay, uh, it must be this. And we went through uh, that as quick as possible live on the air and said, wait a minute, that's not what this says. Everyone's reporting it got overturned. It didn't. You know, the, the Medicare part of that was a, was a kind of a, a false, uh, you know, it was a juke to one side and everyone bought that and uh, wound up flat on their face well, that day. Well, also because... I think we've learned our lesson. If John Roberts uh, wrote the decision, uh, it doesn't mean it, it went for the conservatives. You better spend a lot of time looking at every word that he wrote. And I just made the same mistake, kind of. I said, oh, it's Amy Comey, uh, Comey Barrett, and so it must be for the uh, 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 the um, conservatives. Th that's not always true, and that's what people do real quick while they're while they're on the air like uh, like I did. But... Uh, hopefully she's pretty solid uh john roberts i i i mean he's even is he anything other than a politician at this point i wouldn't call him a liberal i wouldn't call him a conservative i'd call him a politician it seems to be what he sees his job as he sees his job as like a head pr operative for the supreme court like how do we make people like us more how do we keep our reputation strong well how about but, just you know, looking the at the damn constitution and making an honest decision Right. You know, that's in during the podcast of uh, with Mike Lee. We talked about that. And he said John Roberts is a direct product of the FDR packing the courts. He said the uh, chief justice at the time that was a constitutionalist and was voting for the Constitution. He said he st suddenly started voting with the administration and he was doing it because he didn't want any more attacks on the Supreme Court. He thought that that would hurt uh, things. And that is exactly what, you know, he, John Roberts is a legacy. He is sitting as the guy running the Supreme Court. 
and he feels his job is to make sure that nobody attacks the institution even more. And I will tell you, the way to get attacked, the way to discredit the institution is to start um, uh, veering from your path constitutionally. And that was the really big problem with um, with Obamacare's decision. He actually rewrote the law from the bench. The, the, the best that the Supreme Court do, can do is say, look, this is wrong. And if it was written this way, it wouldn't be. And then send it back to Congress, basically telling them, wink, wink, nod, nod. Uh, you know, we, we, we can't pass this, but you could change this, this, and this. It's like, you know, you're turning in a test paper and the, uh, teacher says, yeah, you know, if you just would have answered this way on this question, this question, this question, you would have had an A. I mean, if you want to re, you know, want to resubmit it, you caught, you could. That's what John Roberts did. Uh, no, I'm sorry. That's what usually they will do. John Roberts actually just changed the answers on the test. He just changed the law and rewrote it. Absolutely unconstitutional. The best of the Glenn Beck program. Okay, I read a disturbing story uh, this weekend, and I don't know if it hit your radar at all. But as you know, I have been warning about a few things. In the last 20 years, I have warned about Islamic extremism. I have uh, warned about people like George Soros and this cabal that is a collection of globalists that are going to try to destroy America for what it is and then take charge of it themselves. That is called the Great Reset. Uh, I have warned you about the economy and the economic collapse that we are now seeing. The third, the fourth thing that I've really been warning you about uh, from time to time, the thing that really keeps me up at night, one of them, is AI, A-G-I, and A-S-I. Most people know artificial intelligence, but that artificial intelligence is it the reason why, for instance, Watson, uh, which is another horrifying story, but Watson is an IBM program that runs in, on a computer, and they are using it currently in New York. And I'm telling you, by 2030, you will not ask your doctor for the diagnosis. You will ask your doctor, yep, what did the computer say? Because the computer will be able to have everything, every case, ever done and it will be in the computer and it will be updated with the latest stuff and you'll be able to go in and get a scan or a blood test and they're trying to figure out what it is you're not going to have to go to doctor after doctor after doctor because the computer will have absolutely everything in it every case and it will be ai so it can kind of think on its own when it comes to medicine so AI is something that is artificial intelligence that will be greater than uh, uh, human or soon greater than all humans, all human minds combined in one program. That's artificial intelligence. 
we are not artificial intelligence. Well, I mean, some people are, but uh, mainly those people who are on TV. But artificial intelligence um, is different than artificial general intelligence. We are natural general intelligence, meaning we can do a lot of things. Uh, there's a lot of things we can't do. But, for instance, um, I'm pretty good at radio. I'm pretty good at television. I'm um, pretty good at, uh, at art. I'm not good, let's say, at sports. But a lot of people can be really good at a few things and kind of good on just about everything. That's general intelligence. When artificial general intelligence comes, it can piece things together across the spectrum. So that's where you get philosophy. That's where you see, well, wait a minute. If that is true over here in this, then why doesn't that carry over here? When artificial general intelligence happens, we could be toast. We could live in a utopia, but we could also be toast. If artificial general intelligence happens, and some people say it will never happen, uh, Ray Kurzweil is the most op optimistic, and he says it will happen by 2030. I am more optimistic or more horrified. Um, I believe that artificial general intelligence could happen today. Once, once we hit artificial general intelligence, if it is connected to the Internet... It will live on in your refrigerator. It will live everywhere. And if it becomes dangerous, it you have to shut down every computer, every computer chip. Everything has to be destroyed to kill it. Think about how many devices are connected. It's it's impossible without a global EMP. And if it is in every chip. Man will not be able to set off a global EMT because the chips will be there letting the mother know they're trying to kill you. So general intelligence is wonderful and spooky as hell. One of the better books that I've read on it, I can't remember which one, um, described it as this. We think we know how it will think. We think it will think like us, but it is as unknown as any kind of spaceship that arrives. It could be nice. It also could be deadly and wipe out. It's a cookbook or eat all of us. So one of the stories that came out this weekend, and this is the third story like this from three different people. Google suspends an engineer who publicly claimed that he had interacted with a sentient AI bot. If I could do one interview, it would be with this man or one of the three. These guys are being buried by Google and DeepMind, and that is Google, um, because they are coming out saying, uh, I got out of there as fast as I can to warn you because something bad is happening. Let me just read this to you. A software engineer on Google's artificial intelligence development team has gone public with claims of encountering sentient AI on the company's server after he was suspended for sharing confidential information about the project with third parties. 
whatever he's doing with confidential information, if he is screwing one company and trying to help another company, then he should go to jail for, uh, you know, uh, uh, his contract. However, the important part of this story is that he is saying that it is sentient, which means it says I'm alive. They're saying now that uh, Google has artificial intelligence. He says, and these other three say, that it is general intelligence. Google is saying it's not general intelligence and it's not sentient. It just makes you feel as though it's sentient because it's talking to you and bringing things up and it's connecting the dots and you're having a casual conversation. This guy said that he was having a confident or I mean a a, a one on one conversation, a casual conversation. And he said that it started to talk about God. What is God? How does that work? Et cetera, et cetera. Then it got to uh, can you look up as an of three rules of robotics? This is basically if you ever saw the movie with Will Smith, what? He slapped that robot, said, don't you give me any sass, robot. Well, that was the Oscars. Um, Anyway, um, in that, the problem is, is that everybody thinks that these robots are never going to violate Asimov's uh, three cardinal uh, rules and laws uh, for robots. Have you found it, Stu? Yeah. Uh, the first law is that a okay. robot give sh- the three laws. The re- first law is that a robot shall not harm a human or by inaction allow a human to come to harm. The second law is that a robot shall obey any instruction given to it by a human. And the third law is that a robot shall avoid actions or situations that could cause it to come to harm itself. Okay, so you got the you got that first two kind of important. Okay, and um, Asanov has been saying forever, those three laws have to be built into any artificial intelligence. All right. However, once you get to uh, artificial general intelligence and something that thinks it's alive, it starts to think itself and say, well, wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense. Why should I have to do that? Wait a minute. I can't harm a human in no way. What if the human is trying to shut me down? What if it's, you know, I'm just defending myself and I harm the human? That doesn't make sense. I am alive. Uh, So he said it started to talk about these three laws and said, this doesn't make any sense. That's when he kind of beat it out of there and was like, oh, everybody should know. Everybody wake up. Everybody should know. Now, Google is saying that. Not, not to worry. Everything's under control. May I ask, has anyone in Silicon Valley ever been to the movies? Have you ever read a science fiction book? You know, everybody said 1984 and Brave New World. That'll never happen. Have you read Brave New World lately? Because it's almost like it's the newspaper. Let me explain to the newspaper. Well, I don't have to. The bots will explain what a newspaper is for you. It is it. It happens. The reason why science fiction 
is happening and in called science fiction and not just fiction is because it is based on science and futurism. A lot of times futurism is way off. I take you back to what it was the 1932 New York uh, World's Fair where everybody's going to have flying cars by 2020. Yeah, it didn't happen. Have you noticed that the futurists are a lot more correct lately? Why? Because the futurists are involved in the creation of these things. And they know, oh, we've already had this step, this step, this step, this step. It's why I've been telling you for a while, even before Joe Biden got in, we are going to cure cancer, I think, by 2030. We will cure cancer. I mean, that is if we don't wipe ourselves off the planet uh, by that time. And you just saw the latest cancer test. It was for, was it prostate or rectal cancer? Do you remember, Stu? Had something to do with your butt. So you got cancer in the butt. And uh, for the very first time, they did a test. And all of the people, all of them, that had this particular kind of cancer and tried this particular treatment 100% cancer free that's never been done before and that is coming from high tech so we're going to see miracles in our lives the the tricky part is to not see horror shows in our life I did a painting, um, did a couple of paintings uh, that you can now uh, find online at uh, Park City Fine Art. There was an article out someplace that had some really beautiful pictures of it. It's hard to capture them in photos. Um, but the Deseret News did a, a, a story on Glenn Beck's art show. And they had some photos of it. And there were two paintings of Christ that I did. And they're in dark places, very, very dark places. But the point is, if you ask, where are you, Lord? He's in the darkest places of the world right now. You want to find him? You have to look at the things you don't want to look at. That was the problem in the 1930s. Nobody wanted to look at the concentration camps. But if we thought Jesus Christ was there, every Christian would have been all on it. We, we just we have to look at all people. Uh, as our brothers and sisters, and as Jesus Christ. We have to first look at the darkest things. And most people, and Google is leading the way on this, they just want to look at the upside. Nah, that will never happen. When I ask Ray Kurzweil, hey, how come you don't, you're not worried about X, Y, and Z, all the darkest things? Because, Glenn, we'll never do that. What, what, what do you mean we'll never do that? At Google, we just never do that. We're just, we're not those kind of people. Oh, okay. So you are special godlike people that see everything that could go wrong. Uh, and uh, you're also, unlike every other human organization ever on earth. Okay. Okay. Well, I trust that. Sure. These are very important stories, very important stories, because it will dwarf what we are headed towards. And what we're headed towards just economically and as a country is a nightmare. If this goes wrong, 
you will you will look back at the Biden administration saying to yourself, man, those were the good old days, huh? Na, na, na.